Welcome back to Fake Football Real People. This will be our second recording for the week, and I think I speak for everyone when I say we are pretty excited for y'all to hear our latest episode, recapping our mock draft. Go and listen to where we took some guys and where we passed on the others. Today, we are covering the AFC North, which includes the Cincinnati Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens. Some news today. The sports world came to a halt today with the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to postpone their playoff game versus the Magic, which ultimately ultimately affected the entire playoffs, with each team following suit. Baseball has followed the NBA's lead and has begun to postpone games. Rory, how are you feeling about your first game of the season tomorrow? Give the people some background info on your coaching career. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, with everything going on prior to the season, uh, you know, I wasn't quite ready. Wasn't sure how things were going to pan out. I think a lot of people were in the same boat, uh, as we saw with professional sports, not just high school sports. But uh, I'm pretty excited. Tomorrow we got our first JV game. I'll be calling the defense. And uh, I think I, I think we got some good opportunity. And I, and I think me just as well as the kids are excited for our first chance to get out there because uh, with everything going on, you never know. With a kid testing positive, um, you know, you have an opportunity to shut games down this year. But I'm especially especially excited for Friday night when we get a chance to go out there and have our first varsity game. And uh, we'll be running the split against a little bit of a spread offense. They like to run a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of things outside. So uh, it should be an interesting game. They're definitely more athletic than us. That's for sure. Hey, Roy, but, real uh, quick. I, I'm honestly blanking on this. Remind me what position you coach. And and what school at? Outside linebackers. It's probably Bill. Yeah, are gonna be you're you're gonna have a busy um that's gonna be an important position if there are running a lot of sweeps and stuff this week. Gotta keep contained. Definitely, definitely uh my guy's got a busy week and it, it's pretty it's been a pretty important week as far as practicing up to getting to this point. Thursday, uh it's a walkthrough, so everything up to this point has been just preparation to try to get prepared. So um, my job's been pretty busy this week as far as making sure guys understand what we need to do with setting edges that, with what they like to do as far as running sweeps, uh, different things outside, and having that speed. We got to be prepared to stop that. You know, if we can't do our job out there, then it's, it's going up for a long Friday night. So I feel like we've done the work and the preparation to kind of get prepared for everything. And, uh, and I'm excited to see what we do. You know, you never know until you get them pads out there. And uh, the lights turn on. It's kind of like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan to get hit in the mouth. So I'll be excited <laughs> to see what goes on out there. Well, I'm definitely excited to see how y'all's uh, season turns out and uh, hoping y'all get off to a good start this week, 1-0 start, and um, carry that through the rest of the year. Let's go ahead and get started and talk about Baltimore. And last year they were first in rushing attempts, and it was by a pretty good margin. I mean, they ran the heck out of the ball last year. They averaged only almost 37 attempts per game while only being 29th in passing attempts with around 29 uh, passing attempts per game. They do lose Marshall Yonda on the offensive line, but overall there's really not much to worry about. This is still a top-notch offensive line. Pretty much the same cast of characters from the offense and defense aside. I guess the most hyped addition is going to be J.K. Dobbins. Uh, but before we get started about J.K. Uh, and that whole backfield as a whole, let's just go ahead and talk about Lamar. Uh, MVP last year, league. Uh, I mean, he was... He was an animal last year. He was uh, getting drafted very late in drafts, but um, everyone knew he had potential. I don't think anyone saw 
um, over 1,200 rushing yards on almost seven yards per carry while leading the league in, in uh, touchdowns thrown with 36. So uh, amazing year. I will point out that there's definitely some regression coming. Uh, he threw touchdown pass on 9% of attempts last year, which is unsustainable. Uh, just over history, it's shown that that's that's he's not going to be able to keep that up. League average is normally around 5%. So I do look for that touchdown number to drop back into the 20s for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you all think maybe the rushing attempts, his rushing attempts will go down a little bit? I mean, he ran the ball quite a bit last year. You would think they would like to let him throw the ball a little more to try to stay healthy throughout the season. Yeah, that was something I was gonna. I wanted to mention. I, I think his running totals do go down. Uh, I think his passing attempts increase and his yards probably increase. But you're 100 percent right. He's not gonna stay on that high uh, passing touchdown totals. Uh, I don't, you know. And this is this is little Homer stuff, and I'll say it. I, I really think Dak has a chance to outscore Lamar as QB two because because I do think Lamar is gonna see uh, you know a decent drop in the rushing yards, and I think it's just. I mean, it's gonna have to. I, th- I mean, I think he's he, he he does dodge getting hit hard, but this is the NFL. You can't run the ball as a quarterback that many times. Personally, I think the number does need to go down, but I think he's a talented passer, so I th- I think it he can still uh, sustain a really really high level of fantasy. I think he's gonna make a believer out of you. I think he's gonna prove you wrong all season. I don't think I don't think he's not believing in him. I just think it. He's just kind of talking about how much he believes in Dak this year, but it, it will be hard for Dak to outscore him with the with the rushing upside that Lamar still brings to the table. But let's not get caught up in Lamar versus Dak because I think overall I think everyone would take Lamar over uh, Dak this year. Let's talk about Lamar versus Mahomes. And when I kind of look at this debate, um, twenty eighteen was Lamar. I mean, was Mahomes' first year on the scene, his crazy year. He scored four hundred and seventeen total points that year. And then last year was Lamar's first year on the scene, his huge MVP year. He didn't miss a game, but he scored 415 total points last year. So what I'm saying is they both had maybe their best years of their career. I mean, they're both great players, but statistically it's going to be hard for both of them to top the numbers they threw up their first two years in the league. Um, so we, we've seen their their highest upside, basically. Who do you trust more to, to reach that ceiling this year? Is it Mahomes? Is it yeah, Lamar? Or is it just both of them? It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes for you. Yeah, I mean, just and it's not even. It's not, I don't even have to think twice about it. I think it's Mahomes too. I mean, I would. There's a debate, but I mean, I do believe it's Mahomes as well. Don't we, come over we, here. We, you know, we already you know. Know. we already know what <laughs> Garrett you, says. You, you we, we're just Joy, wasting time. Let's yeah. just give him yeah. Roy. What do you have to say, man? Mahomes. Uh, I mean, I agree with uh, some of the things that were said about Lamar as a passer, and I agree. You know, he's good, but. Uh, Mahomes is just one of the is one of the best passers in the league. So I think that offense it, it's an aired out league. I mean, don't get me wrong, you can run it, but it's a it's an aired out league. Uh, I I think that KC offense and Mahomes has the most upside. I'm I'm surprised because I think Lamar is ranked by a lot of people higher than Mahomes this year. I know it's close, but I'm, I'm with Mahomes too. I, I think that offense. A like I mean like y'all said the the injuries with Lamar do scare me he hasn't been injured but you run the ball as much as he does it's easy to turn an ankle it's easy to pull a hamstring and it's really easy to get hit hard once and he's pretty small I mean you got to factor that in I mean yeah, he's, he's lanky he's he's thinner uh, but like Penn said he doesn't get hit hard so I don't have a huge injury concern with him or Mahomes um, I guess the only real question is how early are y'all willing to take him third round I'm not an early QB drafter. 
if I were to take him, I would say fourth round at the earliest, but that's because I don't like taking quarterbacks early. Is he worth yeah. a third round pick? Yes, but not in my eyes. Yeah, he drops down to the fourth. I'm in. I don't think I'm gonna. I, I'm not. I'm not dipping into the third. There's I mean, just Mahomes is a whole different game, but like for Lamar, just because the passing totals and the and the touchdown passes and everything is just it's gonna be less. So uh, I think Mahomes is the only guy that I'm gonna take before the the fourth round. Where and, and where's Mahomes going in our league this year? Do you know? That's a keeper league. He's on the seventh, oh, Garrett. Oh, but let's okay. keep it moving, Roy. Wh- where where are you wanting to take Lamar this year? Man, uh, I think once you start looking at it, I think he finished second overall, maybe in scoring last year behind McCaffrey. You look at that, and you want to, you know, jump on that early. But it's, at the same time, it's where you're willing to draft for value, and I think that's one of the biggest things you have to take into effect is um, where is that value, and then where is that running quarterback. Garrett, I don't think Garrett's wrong at third, but you better make sure that you have some receivers that you really believe in in the fourth or fifth or some backs that you believe in in the fourth or fifth because the third is it, – it's going to mess you one way or the next on a running back or a receiver there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I would be willing to take him in the third as well, but I will point out, you know, if you get one of those first few picks and you get one of those elite running backs, the McCaffreys, the Kamaras, Zeke's, and you come back in the second round and you get, you know, a nice number one receiver for you, getting Mahomes, I mean, Lamar or Mahomes, let's just say Lamar for now, who, I mean, some of the running back options at this point aren't great. He he rushed for 1,200 yards last year. I mean, you're happy if your running back's rushing for 1,200 yards. He gives you some nice rushing totals for your team while still being a pretty, you know, he's still going to put up some nice QB numbers. I don't know. I just think it's he's, – he's definitely in that consideration in the third round. Um I mean, wonder if you got the first overall pick and you take McCaffrey, Kelsey falls to you, and Lamar falls to you. I think that's an inter- interesting start and something you – it's a strategy you can consider going into the year. Let's go ahead and talk about the running backs. Rory, um, I know you had Mark Ingram last year. Uh, he was great for you. Uh, they do add J.K. Dobbins to this backfield. Uh, I mean, what do you think – what do you think Ingram can do this year? He's another year older, but do you think he's able to sustain the same role he had last year in the offense? I think it's going to be tough for him to repeat numbers as he did last year. He finishes the number 11 back last year. Uh, But when you really start looking at numbers, he only had two games over 15 carries. And sure, he was adding a few receptions, but he only had 26 receptions on the year last year. So a lot of the the uh, productivity was coming from touchdown numbers last year. So I really think you're going to see him dip from that RB1, RB2 fringe to I think his ceiling can be an RB2, but I really think you're going to see more of a flex floor somewhere between bouncing back and forth than you did the RB1, RB2 last year. I 100% agree with you there. Um, I had him as one of my busts this year. I will say, I mean, if you can get him in the seventh or eighth round, he will be a, a perfect backup running back and a, a guy that you can consider in the flex uh, week to week. But any earlier than that, I'm, I'm not really liking his value. Let's just go ahead and talk about J.K. Dobbins. Like I said, he was probably the biggest addition to this team during the offseason. Um, do you think he can carve out a pretty big role um, on this team? I know this is, this is a run-first team, so you would think they would be able to get him quite a few carries a week, right? Man, I think so. I do think you got to look at early on. It's still going to be Ingram's role. 
I think, I think like you said, I agree. If you get Ingram in the seventh, I think he's going to give you some early season productivity. But, you know, they finished first in touchdowns. They finished first in the run um, last year as a, as a total offense. Um, I think you're going to see something similar to that again. And when you really look at numbers, two-thirds of the rushing attempts are back because a third is Lamar Jackson. I think Dobbins is going to carve a rollout of a of a early pr- a productive guy, but maybe a deeper flex guy early. And then I think that he can go ahead and take over that role later. You're going to see a, the, the load lessen a little bit for Ingram. Now, this is where I think things get interesting, man. And you, you let me know how you feel about it too. But if Ingram sustains any injury, kind of like he did at the end of the season, and has to miss a certain amount of time, this is where I like Dobbins. He turns into an RB1, RB2 guy for me. Easy. Easy, man. You know? But, but he's a stash player. He's going at the end of the sixth round right now. My thing is, are you good at the other positions to take him in that, at that spot? Yeah, I, I agree with you as far as what he would bring to the table if Mark Ingram goes down. Um, not trying to correct you or anything. I, I just I've looked at a bunch of different ADPs from from different sites on Dobbins, and they're all over the board. Um, some of the recent mock drafts I've done, he's been sliding into that ninth, tenth round, kind of the same range as the, you know, Latavius Murray's, the Matt Breedas, the Jordan Howards. I, I I would love to take Dobbins in that range. Um, just like you said, the upside there is so big. Uh, I do think he at the end of the year he could carve out a every week roll and be a you know a nice flex play and if Ingram goes down he's a he's an RB1 yeah I, I mean I like Dobbins I think I talked about uh, when the draft is going on I told you Sam that Dobbins is actually my favorite back out of the draft and that, that's that's not crazy I mean he's no he's no definitely he, he, in that consideration he he like and I'm not just saying it because he goes to he went to Ohio State but he has like a little like Zeke, Zeke type play and he actually might even be a better pass catcher than Zeke and Zeke's pretty good at it but I don't know where everybody just gets the the idea that you know as soon as Ingram goes down that Justice Hill doesn't get some type of role I mean they well, drafted him in a what was he a third rounder what I was rounder? what I was gonna say is I actually think Gus Edwards a, doesn't he does not come off the field you know starting or in the early weeks and if Ingram goes down he will get work he got 170 carries last year and averaged over – I think he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. So you can't just take him off the field. Um, it's it's a crowded backfield. I, I, I will say that. That's why I'm struggling to get behind a pick like uh, in, in the ninth round. You know, if Dobbins fell to me like later, like around the 11th round, I can find myself more comfortable there. Just because I – I mean, I know at this point in the, in the draft you're stashing players, but nine – Looking back at that mock draft, there were still some pretty good guys that I would personally take over him. Yeah, and that's – it's just – it's kind of depending on how you're building your team, in my opinion. And at, at that, that late, the, there's no more, there's no, there's no greater upside there. The way I look at Dobbins is I'm stashing him for the playoffs, so I'm, I'm with you on that. But I would be, I'd be fine taking him in the 10th round. Yeah, this, hey, this is my point, just kind of going back on it. And Sam, I don't, I don't think you were correcting me. I think maybe I was looking at a 12-team draft versus maybe a 10 because the guys you named are the guys that I saw him going around as well, like Jordan Howard, 
Marlon Mack, guys like that. I got you. I got you. You're getting you're getting into that type of draft. At that point in that draft, man, you're drafting kind of handcuffed guys, and they didn't use a second round pick on them. Though Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are, or Gus Edwards has been productive in his early career, but you don't spend a second round player on that guy not to use them if that opportunity comes up. And I think when you look at it, this is probably, if not is, actually it was last year, the most productive running game in the league. So I think whoever turns up and, and is that player, if Ingram misses time, or if it becomes a one-back backfield, I think you have possibly a top three handcuff in the league. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rory. I think as far as some of the players going around them, for me at that point, Unless I've started my draft in ways I really don't like to do, basically with zero running backs, I'm not. I don't want to take, you know, the the Marlon Max, the uh, on Johnsons. I would rather just go with the the heavy upside guys and, and J.K. Dobbins. Um, and like you said, he got picked in the second round for a reason. They're, they they're going to have to get him involved. And one last thing for keeper leagues next year, Ingram's probably gone. It's going to be J.K.'s. It's going to be J.K.'s backfield. And, and with Lamar, he's he's going to go nuts. So. Um, kind of another thought. Let's go ahead and talk it about Mark Andrews. Um, he, we were talking about this last week or earlier this week. So he's, yep. Andrews only played forty four percent of the snaps last year, and yet was still monster. Scored what ten touchdowns? Yep. Um, I mean, do you think he can handle a? I mean, he was banged up a lot last year, so let's just say he gets a you know a bigger snap count. What's the upside in this offense? I mean, his upside is pretty nuts. Um, I mean, his ADP is forty two. I think that's perfect where he should go. He's my tight end three. I have him over Ertz. Love my boy Ertz. But I do think – I mean, let, let's look at Mark Andrews' numbers. Played 15 games. Missed one game with a knee contusion as well as the pro ball he, he missed because of an ankle injury. Irrelevant. Um, a lot of small injuries though throughout the year, like shoulder early in the season to add to the knee and ankle. But he finished the season with 98 targets, 64 receptions, 852 yards, and 10 touchdowns in 15 games. Um, Sam made a really good point, And he brought up the 44% snap share – or, I mean, um, snap count – um, and with that being said, I want to say he has diabetes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. He, so like he, he's he limited to even in the games he's playing, all games he's still limited to under fifty percent on a high majority of games. Yeah, he he has to get uh, he pricks himself over thirty times per game to monitor his his um, sugar levels during the game. It's 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 a big deal. He's managed this his whole life. He's had it. It's something that he's he's good at doing. Um, he's strict diet, all that good stuff. But I don't know if he can get over like 75% of the snaps. I think he can still handle 65, 70, but handling all of them like a Kelsey or Kittle will be hard with his condition. Kind of worth pointing out. To answer your question, his upside is massive, though. I mean, there's no reason he doesn't see 100 targets, 70 receptions, and possibly 1,000 yards. And, I mean, the 10 touchdowns just stay there. I mean, the two biggest factors in the fantasy-relevant players are a good offense and volume, in my opinion. And the Ravens have a top-five offense, and Andrews will undoubtedly see high volume. I mean, the receivers are getting better, but he's still the number one guy there. Um, I'm a big fan of him, um, so I'm excited to see what he does this year. Um, the biggest difference between um, my opinion, him and, uh, between Andrews and the guys like Kelsey and, um, and, uh, Kittle Kittle is really their snap share. You know what I mean? Those guys play 60 plus snaps a game compared to the 46 snaps that, um, Andrews is seeing. So overall, I I think he's, he's, he's going to be good though. Um, well, I mentioned receivers. Pence, what do you got on the receivers? I know Hollywood Brown, Devin DuVernay, Miles Boykin. What do you think in there? Yeah, I mean, I'm really only going to talk about one of the guys on there because I, mean, I think we made it a point about what this offense does. They run the ball 
Um, Hollywood Brown, uh, he put on some weight this year, which is uh, Hollywood Brown put on some weight this year. He beefed up. He's looking better. He's I think he's he's healthy coming into the camp this year. He's the clear cut number one at receiver. Last year he I think he played fourteen games. He had seventy one targets, forty six receptions for five hundred and eighty four yards and seven touchdowns. Those numbers um, for a rookie are it really wasn't a, a bad year for him. I mean, seven touchdowns is pretty good for a rookie. Something that's pretty interesting to watch this year. Me and Sam actually had a conversation yesterday about Hollywood Brown's um, ceiling and what his floor would be. There's not a whole lot of targets going around other than to the tight end and the running back and pretty much one other receiver. And I think we came to the conclusion that we could see at tops, what, maybe 110 targets? I, I think I think 110 is likely. I think seven targets per game is probably where he – around seven targets per game. It, it's just hard to see him getting – like, you know, nine or ten targets per game, which you kind of have to get to be like a fantasy superstar right, receiver. Right, So, you know, he could – if he sees 110 targets with how explosive he is, I mean, he could be a, a ten-touchdown guy and he could have, you know, 1,100, 1,200 yards. I mean, he, he could be, a, a you know, wide receiver, a low wide receiver one type uh, receiver. But – you know, everybody knows. I mean, Hollywood's a stud, and, and I, like I said, I do think they increase uh, how many times they're going to throw the ball this year. Um, for Devin Duvernay, I mean, he's had a really good camp from what I've seen. Uh, the rookie out of Texas. I mean, he's a super talented guy, but it's just like I said, the, the targets just aren't there. And Miles Boykin, I mean, he was a rookie. No, I'm sorry, not no, he wasn't. Um, I, I just he was, he was rookie last year. Yeah, rookie last year. Yeah, and. And he's a, another talented guy. I mean, they have three really talented young receivers, but there's just not enough targets for any of the other two guys really to be relevant. I mean, if Hollywood was to go down, I mean, one of these guys is going to step up. And if I had to pick one, I'm kind of leaning towards Duvernay, personally. Do Do you think he handles slot duties for them? Yeah, I do. I think I think you are you talking about off the start, like the to start yeah, yeah. Off, off the jump. And the, yeah. that is where he played at Texas and was so successful in the slot. For yeah, them. I mean so that's the, interesting. Some people say that there's some of the best hands they've ever seen on a guy. I mean he, he yeah. doesn't drop a lot of passes. No. But and, and, he's and, fast. And he's, he's fast. fast. That's another guy. I mean, they just have a lot of speed on that team. Even Boykin. I mean, all three of those guys can absolutely burn. So if Hollywood was to get hurt, which I mean he's battled some injuries in college and, and coming into the year last year, but like I said, I, I really think Hollywood's probably the only guy you really need to keep your eye on in this uh, fantasy draft. He, he played at under 160 pounds last year, which is, talking about Hollywood, that's, that's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't I don't know if you, you touched on this, Pence. I was looking at some stats, but uh, he had a um, – he broke his foot right after the combine, and he was he had a screw in his foot his during his whole year last year. So that severely limited his training camp, his practice – and he battled that throughout the year. That's removed, so hopefully he's much healthier going into the year. Yeah, and one more point to back up you, Pence, on the target share. It's kind of crazy. So the, the Ravens only threw it 424 times, which ties for the least amount with the Tennessee Titans. Wide receiver targets only had 182, which were the most, but, I mean, receivers should get the most. Titans had 180 and running backs had 62. So go to your point, there's just not enough target share. There's not a lot, and a lot of it goes to the tight end. So, yeah, yeah. yeah Simple as that. Bill Mark Andrews. Yeah. 
Cool. Let's go and flip on over to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Cleveland Browns, uh, pretty interesting. Um, last year they finished at six and ten. A uh, couple of just numbers on those guys. So they're twenty second in the league in points per game at twenty point nine. Twenty seconds and twenty second in yards per game at three hundred forty point nine. And then twenty second in pass yards per game at two hundred twenty two point one. And then twelfth in the league at rushing yards per game. Um, thanks to Chubb, you know, help that number a little bit. Uh, but a number to, to go to kind of back all that up, Kevin Stefanski, who's going to be their head coach this year, coming over from the OC at the Vikings, only threw the ball 29.1 times per game in 2019, which ranked 30th in the NFL. Um, so I would expect the Browns to throw a little bit more than 29 times a game, but that is a little concerning in terms of really PPR output. Um, while I do, while you can compare the backfields of the Vikings and the Browns in terms of talent, um, I do believe Chubb and Hunt compared to, to Dalvin and Madison and, and Boone behind them. I, I think Chubb and Hunt have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but then you got Beckham, Landry, uh, Hooper. Um, those guys are good and they need the targets. I mean, those Chubb, Hunt, Beckham, Landry, and Hooper combined to average 33 average targets per, per game in 2019. I mean, so one of those guys has got to take a reduction. Um, I will say Stefanski either – completely changes his offense which i don't believe that's going to happen or the offenses go up a couple notches where they are able to throw the ball 35 plus times which we kind of discussed earlier i can see that happening um the browns did add jedrick wells as that 10th overall pick and jack conklin so they have two new ta- uh, two new tackles which is definitely going to boost their line um overall i do believe the browns offense takes a step forward looking forward to seeing what happens here um the running backs honestly they're hot nick chubb cream hunt um what do we think there guys yeah, they, they are hot, like you said. <laughs> um, and I, I agree with you. This is going to be a run-first team. I know the, the a lot of their weapons, their exciting weapons, you know, we talk about Odell, talk about Jarvis, but this team is going to run the ball a lot. Um, that's just what Stefanski likes to do. He's coming from the Kubiak coaching tree now. He says he wants to model his offense after Kubiak, which is it's going to be a zone-heavy scheme. They're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to do a lot of play-action pass off of it. Uh, like you talked about with the line, uh, I loved both their two additions at tackle, and I think it's going to make their offensive line way better. Um, but as far as the running back room goes, it was it was a tale of two seasons last year. Uh, Chubb was a monster over the first eight games. But then uh, the punter, Kareem Hunt, comes in, and yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he, wasn't punting, he wasn't punting women last year. He was running the damn ball. Uh, Chubb was actually RB15 over the last eight games while – Hunt was RB17 um, over that same span, the PPR scoring. That just kind of shows you, um, you know, how much how much of a difference Hunt made to that backfield when he got there. Um, I will say that Chubb has averaged over five yards per carry in his career, and he averaged five yards per carry last year, which that offense was just terrible. Their offense line wasn't good. So that's really impressive uh, from him. I mean, if we're talking about just rushers in the NFL, he might be – he might be the best. He's definitely in that, you know, top five conversation. Um, but he, he's going to be a little touchdown dependent this year. He's not going to see many targets. I mean, he'll be lucky to get two targets per game this year. So it's going to all have to come in the, in the rushing game. Um, he did only score two touchdowns last year, you know, while Hunt was playing. But like I said, the offense just wasn't very good. And uh, like I said in my bold predictions, I think this is a top three uh, offense in efficiency this year. So I think the touchdown numbers – He'll have a lot more chances around the goal line to score. Um, I mean, I was I was crunching the numbers earlier. If if Chubb can get 16 carries per game, I think is a solid number. That's around that's 260 carries. 
I think you, you have to give Chubb 16 carries per game no matter what's going on in your offense. If he averages five yards per carry, that's 1,300 rushing yards. He should get around you know, 150, 200 rushing yards, I mean receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns seems pretty likely in this offense. You add on 20 catches, that's 230 uh, points in PPR. That's about running back 10. I think that's a very that's a very realistic season, high floor, low ceiling. Um, and that's where he's getting drafted RB10, which it scares me a little bit because I don't like to take guys at basically their ceiling or, you know, where I predict them to end up. It, it's just – it's a little scary doing that. But, man, I mean, if he, if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, that's – those. I mean, you can book on those numbers in my opinion. Let me ask, what do, you, what do you have each guy at on your rankings, Chubb and Hunt? I have – let me pull it up real quick. I think it's an interesting formula. I mean, it's not like necessarily a great formula, but it's an inter- interesting formula where you have Chubb, who can be great, but like you said, ceiling kind of at number 10. And if he gets hurt, he's not worth where you picked him at all. No, it's, that's for sure. But, I mean, that's that's with every guy. Yeah, but, but he's I mean, more injury prone than most of them. You think Chubb is? Oh, yeah. Why do you think that? Well, in Georgia, didn't he rip his ACL? He he got yeah he got his knee torn up but and then a lot of running backs do that though and come back decently yeah. strong and we saw him his last year in Georgia he didn't look like the same Chubb and then right he came but that was he like came, in the NFL though. yeah that was that was last year he's he's played two full seasons yeah he's not missing games I guess I mean, that downfall is what I'm waiting for to go back on yeah the, you can you can wait for the downfall on anyone but this is a true. a year three running back who's averaged five over five yards per carry hasn't missed any games in the NFL I mean I'm I'm not worried about that part. Um, to go to answer your question, Solis, I have Chubb as my RB eleven right now. Um, he's RB ten to twelve for me. That's just the range. I'm happy with him in the mid the mid second. I think it's a safe pick. I think it's solid. But I will say it's going to be up and down weekly. It's all going to depend on touchdowns and those rushing yards. The, the, he's going to have some games where he doesn't score a touchdown. He's going to score you six points, and that's that sucks, uh, especially if you're drafting him as your RB one. I think as an RB two, he's he's the perfect guy. Yeah, the reason the reason I bring that up is I'm a little bit more optimistic on both guys in terms of where they fit at. I have Chubb at 14, but but I have Hunt at 18. And see, I don't, I have Hunt at, um, which is optimistic on Hunt, but I do believe Hunt. I have him rock. at like probably borderline like 25 for me. Okay. Um, and I, I mean the numbers here with Hunt, I mean he. Like I said, he was RB17 last year over that same span, but it's a completely different offense, so we really can't look at that. Um, he Last year, he broke a tackle on over 40% of the touches he had last year. He has that to is, touch the ball. That is ridiculous. has to touch the ball. You, you, you're going to have to give him the ball. <laughs> he's one of the most um, he's one of the most explosive backs in the league. He's one of the best as far as talents. He's probably a top 10 talent at the running back position. Um, he's averaged 4.7 yards per carry and 9.6 yards per catch over his career, which are great numbers. I don't know. I, I feel like if he can get – we talked about this earlier, uh, Solis, eight or nine carries per game, that puts him at around 140 carries. If he can average you know, around five yards per carry, that's 700 rushing yards. Uh, he should see easy 65 targets in this offense. So let's put him at 50 catches, five, six total touchdowns. That's 1,100 total yards. Five or six touchdowns on you know fifty catches, that's a top twenty running back right there. And I think all those numbers are very realistic in this run heavy scheme. If he goes down, if if Chubb goes down, he's a top five running back for me off just 
next day, next second. I mean, he's he's. I don't amazing. have him. I'll be trading for him. And another keeper league to think about. This is Cream Hunt's last year on his contract. Chubb next year, if Cream Hunt's not back and they don't draft a guy, is going to be shooting up boards and Hunt wherever he goes next year is going to be, you know, a very attractive running back. So either of those guys in keeper leagues are probably going to have more value next year. Um, Roy, uh, I know we talked um, about the Browns offense. This is a run first team, but this team's only going to go as far as Baker takes them. Uh, he had a down year last year, but are you looking for him to back uh, bounce back this year? Well, um, to answer your question, Sam, I, I wasn't very high on him last year. I know a few of you guys, we talked before the draft, and I know some of you guys were pretty high on him. Uh, I mean, I understand what the receiving options he had. I just I wasn't there yet for him. But uh, there's some things that I saw with him, uh, and I think the switch in the offense is going to be big for him, man. Uh, I don't want to throw a whole lot of Vikings numbers for at you, but uh, you know, with Stefanski coming over, I think you got to look at at the fact that they were fourth and run, and they did finish eighth in touchdowns. And one that stands out the biggest for me, this is where I think Mayfield will uh, will see a little bit of a difference in them. Is they were sixth in play action passes, which ended up being 31 percent of their uh, at play action passes, which ended up being 31% of their pass attempts. So, and then you look at Baker last year, finished 32nd in rating without pass, uh, play action pass attempts. So, I think it's going to be a big change in him this year. Um, and I think a big factor for him will be the addition of Jack Conklin and drafting uh, Jedrick Wills. I think that's going to help them out a lot this year. Now, as I as I first stated in the beginning, I'm not again, I'm not very high on Baker Mayfield. He finished 20 last year. Uh they have the fifth toughest schedule. He's going around mid 12th round. So I'm not a fan of hey go out and get Baker Mayfield, but what I do think Baker Mayfield can do this year is I do think he can produce um, productive fantasy seasons for OBJ. I think he can get a productive fantasy season for Jarvis. And I think he can get something for Hooper as well. You know, it's all going to go with that run game, but I think Stefanski bringing that play action there, I think you're going to see those guys benefit from that play. So, how it ends up, we'll see. Kings, how are you feeling? You know, OBJ, he got that sports hernia surgery. He said he's, he's pain-free. He's at 100%. Jarvis got his hip surgery. Did, you know, how, how is that going to play out for him this year with this new offense? I'm all in on OBJ this year. He, uh, you know, everybody was talking about how down of a year, and, you know, he played hurt all year last year. But the guy still saw 133 targets and caught 74 passes, and he still broke 1,000 yards. The only reason why he's not talked about as being drafted higher and his points weren't as high as last year, I mean, he only had four touchdowns, which – just is, is so low, but like I said, he he was hurt. His explosiveness was his explosiveness wasn't there. Uh, it's going to be a whole different game uh, with St- Stefanski's offense. I mean, Thielen blew up. Odell is better than Thielen, and, and, and I think that's going to be kind of like the role that you're going to kind of see. I, I know Thielen was more out of the slot, but I mean, Odell can be out of the slot. Jarvis can be on the outside. They're going to move those guys around. 
Uh, I like Odell this year. I'm, I, I, I want to draft him. Uh, I'm going to probably draft him higher than most people will. But I think he gets back up to that, um, like, 1,300 mark yards this year. So, um, and for Jarvis Landry, you know, he's coming off the hip surgery. Uh, he saw 138 targets last year and caught 83 receptions for 1,174 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, I mean, Mr. Consistency. I mean, the, I am a little worried. I hate hip surgeries. Um, it usually affects, you know, some cuts and really being able to, to drive and get into the ground. So, and, and he's, you know, another year older. He's not old, but he is older, and, and hips are just really 27. tough. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but the, that that cutting and stuff like you talked about, that's that's Jarvis That's Landry's his game. game. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's not going to blow the top off you. He's, he's going to beat you in these quick routes, get outside, get inside. I mean, that's what he does best. And the, the hip thing, especially with him, you know, coming into camp, he's still not even – a hundred percent in practice. You know, he did a little seven on seven action. He's not all the way dove into the practice. So I, I will say that earlier reports were not looking good. Maybe even some chatter about him starting on the pup list, but I know he hasn't taken over full time in camp, but the reports have been very good yeah, about, no, it, they've about, about his hip. Yeah. Cause so. when I first started reading, they were thinking he was going to miss like the first two games. So, um, but yeah, I I like I like Odell uh, significantly more this year than Jarvis. But I mean, Jarvis is still going to see over 110 targets. Um, Garrett, what what are you thinking? I mean, I know you're a big fan of Jarvis. Big fan. This is this is your guy, man. Yeah, I, I you know, Penn said it perfectly, Mister Consistent, right? And then you made the you know the the quick little snark that Odell reminded you of Thielen, who was Mister Consistent out in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it was Thielen. It was. Jarvis, Thielen. I see a lot of similarities. And then you're talking about the hip surgery. You're dogging them. You're dogging them, you know? <laughs> I just – I've always been a big fan of Jarvis Landry. I mean, looking at his stats, he averages over 100 targets every year. Every year he's been in the league. Puts up almost 1,000 yards each year. And that's been with horrible quarterback play. And then sits the – I think Hold on, man, man. You're talking about your Rory's quarterback there. Yeah, you're talking, I mean, about, you're you're talking about Tannehill. Yeah, you're, t- you're talking about Tannehill. You, hold on. Rory, Rory's about to start swinging through the mic. Yeah, you better calm down off that Tannehill shit, dog. Yeah. Well, and hey, then, it was uh, Joe Philbin. Blame him, not Tannehill, baby. True, true, and, true. and Adam Gase. Just blame everything on Adam Gase. That, yeah, and, Adam Gase is a great scapegoat as well. Sorry, sorry, Gase. And looking at him, I mean, he hasn't missed a game in his career. Has played through some injuries and is definitely coming out of surgery or coming off the hip surgery. I don't think it's as major as you're making it out to be. Or, or I, I mean, just me personally. Um, but he was selected the Pro Bowl every year except one. Hasn't played with a great quarterback. Always been big on him. He's got he's with a new team that's gotten very good. Has so many mouths to feed. Um, so that would hurt it, hurt him a little bit. That's and that's what I'm looking at. I mean, I think he's still a great player, and I I just don't think anybody on this team is going to excel so well in fantasy this year that we got to pick him up and look at him because you know Baker's going to go to Jarvis, he's going to go to Odell, he's going to go to Hooper, he's going to go to Njoku, he's going to go to Hunt or Chubb. I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed, and that's where the touchdown totals really come into play. But a little outlook on Jarvis, real quick, is he hasn't finished outside the top twenty. Uh, since his first year, since his first year, um, finished behind Odell in the first three seasons. But starting in 2015, Odell was four, Jarvis was nine. 2016, Odell was four, Jarvis was 13. 
and then finished in 2017 as the number fifth wide receiver. 2018, finished 17 to Odell's 15. And then 2019, he finished 12th and Odell t- missed 25th. Odell missed like 22 games last or in his career. Yeah. The guy's very inconsistent. So, if I'm looking at one receiver to take on this Browns offense, I'm taking Jarvis Landry. At, at, at their value, I'm assuming. At their value. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, I, go ahead. I will say you can be a fan of a player because I like Jarvis too, but – Fantasy relevance compared to just being a fan of that specific player is a little bit different sometimes. Yeah, I, I, one thing I will say about Jarvis, I I haven't really been on in on in on him going into a fantasy year ever. But if you look at the at the end of the year, if you look back, yeah, he's Jarvis freaking Landry yeah. sitting there yeah, as, a, as a number two. He'd have been a receiver. number two wide receiver yeah. for you the whole year. Yeah, and, he, and it's the it's same. Odd. It's the same thing every year. And you never know, and you're and you're sitting there trying to go. And what sucks is one year, one year I had him as my number one receiver, and it was like, do do I start somebody well, you, else? You must have fucked that draft up. <laughs> <laughs> it was riddled with injury. It was. But I mean, um, Gary, I think you kind of, I think you kind of took out of context. I mean, I, I said Jarvis is still going to see 110 targets. Yeah. I mean, if he's inconsistent as he usually is, I mean, that's he can still break a thousand and, yards yeah, on and 110 I just targets. I mean, I'm not. I'm not dogging the guy, but I do. I mean, I think you're going to look. You can't look me in the eyes right now and tell me you think Jarvis Landry is more talented than Odell Beckham Jr. You're positive. You shouldn't even pause. This is conversation. Garrett, take no, 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 no. No, I I, I agree with you. I think Odell is way better of an athlete. I don't. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, the man's making acrobatic catches almost every season or every time he takes one cleat and puts it on the field. I mean, Odell's a full complete receiver. Jarvis Landry's a little bit limited in certain aspects. So I. Just to wrap it up here, guys, I, I I definitely think that with the play action pass, Odell's gonna be the the deep target a lot. Jarvis is gonna fit in that kind of the middle of the field, and then you're gonna have the tight ends working in underneath. But he's still gonna see solid. If he gets 110 targets, like you said, Pence, he's gonna be a very efficient, very good receiver. Let's talk, let's talk about the tight ends in Minnesota. They ran a ton of 12 personnel last year with Stefanski coming over. And with the addition of Hooper, I think they run a lot again this year and have Hooper and Joku on the field at the same time a lot. Garrett, uh, you had Austin Hooper last year. He was a complete baller for you in Atlanta. What do you think about his outlook now that he comes over here to Cleveland? Not good, man. Not good. Um, last year he finished sixth, and then the year before that he also finished sixth. But he was also with Matty Ice, and he was getting thrown to 80-plus 80, 80 times. Um, coming into this new team with Kevin Stefanski, um, who only has 19 games under his belt, Rudolph finished, and you know, looking back at Minnesota, Rudolph finished 2018 strong. That was when Stefanski first started coaching in the last three games. So then he floated in 2019, coached the entire season. And if you remember having Kevin or Kyle Rudolph on your team, you were hurting. Yeah, and but but I mean, Rudolph Rudolph's 34 or something. True, and true. He he looks like Jason Witten out there. So <laughs> and, and then and then he's and 34? And, and he's like 33. Wow, he's getting up there. And then going into that, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's there's some differences, but you put Njoku and Hooper on the same field. I I mean, they threw 50 times to their t- tight ends total, 20, 20, and the, or like 22, 27, and 10. I don't I, I don't see Hooper and or, or Njoku taking 30. 30 targets each and actually being valuable on your team. Oh, hell no. If they take 30 targets, they're yeah. going to be the worst fucking player in fantasy football. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I don't think Baker – and I don't think Stefanski plans the offense to be thrown to the tight end. So, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't like the fit. I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Garrett, that it's he's obviously not going to see as many targets he saw in Atlanta, but I don't think it's as grave as you make it out to be. I, I, I still think he could see – 
a solid amount of targets, be efficient. Hopefully he's involved in the red zone and that will help his numbers a little bit. But I am I agree with you. He's outside my top ten at tight ends this year, and I didn't like the move for his fantasy outlook moving to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah I agree with you there. Uh, I'm going to jump on over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, interesting stat with these guys. I know last year was an odd year, no Big Ben. This quarterback play was pretty bad. But not a single fantasy player from the Steelers finished above 30 at their respective positions, or below 30 technically. Um, Vance McDonald and Mason Rudolph both finished at 30 for a tight end and QB. That's pretty bad. That's um, that's that's so hard. Not have one player inside the top. That's crazy. I mean, you got James Conner, who was hurt, yes. Juju Smith-Schuster, who was also hurt, yes. But still, like... Ben Roethlisberger, who was also hurt. I mean, one one player to Deontay Johnson, that. like, he should have... I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy to me. But either way, Big Ben's healthy now. Hopefully, the elbow stays clear. Steelers are returning James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Juju on this beat, Deontay Johnson, Vance McDonald... All pretty decent and good weapons. They're adding Eric Ebron as it, well as in that uh, their receiver Claypool. I'm not done. Okay, Look, I was gonna say who are all pretty decent, along with adding Eric Ebron in the off season and Chase Claypool and Anthony McFarlane in this year's draft. Picking the right guy will be up to you, to be honest. In this, in this, in this uh, offense, but I do see the offense getting back to the feet. Um, the the defense is wildly good. It'll be even better this year than it was last year. So that will take a little bit from the overall opportunities, but I don't think it'll hurt the fantasy relevant guys too much. Um, one thing here, though, for newer players, I'm not seeing a crazy outlook in terms of additional volume. There's like roughly 10 carries, 40 wide receiver targets, and 20 tight end targets being vacated. That's not a lot. So um, I, I, I believe you're going to lean on the top guys in this offense. Um, right now, I've got Big Ben at uh, my QB 16, so not really draftable to me um, unless he's your second quarterback, but I don't particularly take quarterback two quarterbacks in, in, in a draft. Um, his ADP is currently 118. Um, so a reminder, last ge- season he did hurt his elbow, which is um, which is not good, but if he's healthy this year, I, I do think he can throw up. Um, in 2018, he threw for 5,100 yards. Now, I know it's not 2018. Offense is different, but there's no reason he can't hit that 44, 4,500-yard mark. Um, with the receivers he has. Yeah, I, I just want to say something real quick about uh, it's not the same offense. I was looking kind of at that, but you got a better slot now in Juju. Deontay is like a mini – I mean, they're, they kind of like him as this mini AB. He hasn't shown yeah, it all. Let, let's but not. Let me finish. They did draft him to be AB. I know okay, let, 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 let me. Let, I'll let, you let me finish. And then they draft Claypool, who is this big – Fast receiver. Who did they have a couple of years ago that got in a little trouble? Oh. Martavis. Martavis oh. Bryant. I mean, you look at the Mar- receiving listen, core. Mar- like Mar- this Mar- kind of an interesting little like like transition to the three guys that they have now. I mean, and we'll we'll talk more about the receivers, but I mean, Martavis was was my dude back in the day. I love Martavis. Yeah, and, like, and hey, let's not forget James Washington. Yeah, and J- James Washington. He got, Washington's he just got seven hundred and fifty yards last year. Averaged over sixteen point five yards per catch. Quarterbacks. With terrible quarterback. With, so, well, he he was it was with his college quarterback. <laughs> that's the only reason he went so with good. a terrible quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Miles Ma- Garrett's new son, Mason Rudolph. Look, <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. The, yes. the receiving core is, is pretty stacked, and I mean, Ben routinely throw Big Ben routinely throws for six hundred pass attempts a year. That's pretty high. His floor should be middle of the pack fantasy QB. Like, I personally think like he definitely has top twelve upside. I just think there are a lot of good quarterbacks coming into the league this year that I don't know if he, he makes that top twelve, but he definitely has the they're surrounded by some pretty good weapons. I don't need, think I need to list them again. I'm projecting him at like forty five hundred yards. 
25 TDs at least. I really think he hits that. Um, his biggest fault, though, is injury. Well, he has a couple faults, sorry. His biggest, <laughs> <laughs> his biggest faults are age, which adds to injury. He doesn't offer much on the run game, though he did rush three rushing touchdowns in 2018, which is kind of a lot for QB, um, as well as his interceptions. He's like a 10-plus interception guy a season. So Every year. That's because he's slinging the hell out yeah, of him. Yeah, so <laughs> then you got to see that for taking away a couple points. But the big question is Big Ben completely makes a difference and should turn this offense back around. Maybe not 2018 form, but I certainly see it, it going up. Um, in, in terms of the top 20 offenses, I don't see Big Ben being drafted in 10 or 12-man leagues as a starter. But do you guys believe Big Ben can create some fantasy relevance here in 2020? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm mean, not trying to be a smart-ass league. I, I, I do think he's definitely going to be a fantasy relevant QB. He's one of my favorite guys. Uh, if I do wait on quarterbacks and I'm, and I'm picking two of these guys in this range, you know, with the Bakers, with, you know, obviously Big Ben, with, Kirk Cousins with, you know, Matthew Shit, Stafford. Right these now, guys. Oh, yeah, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Aaron, Stafford. Even Rodgers, Rodgers is dropping into that, like, Roethlisberger he, range. Roethlisberger is one of my favorite targets just because of, like you said, the amount of times they've thrown the ball in the past. It does concern me a little bit that their defense – this is a different defense than what he played with in 2018. This yeah. is a very good defense now. They've added a lot. So they're not going to – Very good. Very good. Yeah, I mean, they should not have thrown the ball – they shouldn't defense. have to throw the ball that much, as much as they have in the past. But I do think it's a pass-first team. I would like his chance of being a top-15 quarterback this year. He's getting drafted outside of that. I, I think it's a yeah, it's I, a steal. I think you said earlier, I, I think he finishes around that 10 to 12 area. And I think that you said that's his ceiling. I think his ceiling's actually in the top 10. And I think his probably like likeliness is around that 11, 12 area. But I think he, fair he could be QB 8. Right, he, he he could go off. Very fair sure. point. Let, let's just talk about the receivers since we're, <clears throat> we've are talked about Big Ben so glowingly. I think we're all like the receivers a pretty good amount. Um, Juju last year just was a complete waste. Um, and he, he killed a lot of people. He was hurt, battled knee injury all year. Uh, but if we go back to 2018, when A.B. was on this team, uh, he, was, he had a, over 160 targets, uh, finished with 260. 96 total points in a PPR league, which was eighth in 2018, but which would, would have been wide receiver two last year. Uh, like I said, that was on the same team as AB. So, you know, there's no telling how many targets he can get in this offense if they throw the ball as much as they did uh, back then. And with the emergence of Deontay Johnson, he should be able to move back into the slot. They like Deontay outside, and I, I think this works very well with Juju. Uh, he's, he's had some some trouble getting off press coverage outside, but shouldn't have to worry about much of that in the slot. I think that really helps his outlook this year. I mean, to me, there's not much to say. It would You kind of just throw away the numbers last year uh, with all the injuries they've had. Uh, but for me this year, I got Juju uh, as my wide receiver 14, I believe. Yes, wide receiver 14. So, Pence, um, Deontay Johnson busted out in the scene last year. Um, I know we – briefly talked about it when you're talking about Big Ben, but do you think there's enough room in this offense for him to also be maybe a top 20 option at wide receiver? Yeah, I actually do. I actually think um, you guys, like you guys have hit on it. I mean, Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball a lot. As long as his elbow is hundred percent healthy, he will throw the ball 600 times. Uh, they do throw to their running backs a lot. Um, and they also do like to throw to tight ends, but I mean, there was years in Pittsburgh where, where there was two fantasy-relevant guys, and Deontay Johnson, 
I mean, they drafted him to be the new AB. I mean, obviously, you can't say he is AB. I mean, AB in his prime was pretty much the best receiver in the league almost. But, I mean, he can play that lesser of a role, and he showed some uh, some sparks last year that he can, he, can, he, he can play. He looked good. Yeah, he can play. And if Juju doesn't take on this, like, role that he had his rookie year, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Deontay Johnson, like, possibly, you know, get the same amount of targets or close to it if Juju isn't as successful as he was. But... I'm kind of with you. I mean, Juju's going to have a bounce back year. Him and Ben, like, had this weird connection. They have a good connection. A weirdly good connection in, in their first year of playing together. So, but I, I do think Deontay Johnson is, like, a late flyer that I'm I'm kind of look. I'm, I want to keep my eye on. And, and I don't even know if I really call him a flyer. I, I kind of like him around the, like, around that, like, nine, nine to eight range. Yeah, he's, so last year he finished as the wide receiver 39 in PPR scoring, and that's where he's going again this year. I mean, you you have to like his outlook better than yeah. what it was yeah. last year. I, I know that doesn't, you know, we're not ranking guys of where they finished last year, but that just kind of shows that to me, he's kind of getting drafted around his floor. Yeah, and you like those type of guys. I love these type. Yeah, of guys. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're getting him. You want. You're getting wide receiver. Let's just say forty, and that's your fourth or fifth receiver on your team. Yeah, give me all of Deontay Johnson at that yeah. at that point in the draft. I will say. I know we're going to talk about running backs in a little bit, but in my opinion, uh, if Big Ben is is healthy and he's 80 to 90% of what he's been the last few years, this whole team is going to blow away their ADPs. I mean, they're they're getting drafted. At, you can get all these guys at really good points, and if this is going to be a, a pass-first team and Big Ben still looks pretty good, there's going to be a lot of values uh, throughout this whole team. Pence, let's, let's just go ahead and, and – Talk about James Conner in this running back room. Big Ben loves to target the running back. So I know when I've had Conner in the past, he's been a, a target hog. Uh, I mean, do you see a similar thing, or do you think this maybe it's not Conner uh, all this year? Maybe they, they split this work up a little bit? Yeah, I think Conner's still the guy, like the the guy to have there. And he is going to be like the number one. I just really want to see him stay healthy. I mean, even in that really, really good year you had him, he didn't even play all 16 games. No, and he was he was banged up in and some he was, other games. And he was banged up in some other games that he played through. And he, he was still, you know, it was successful, but he did have some down games from, from the injury. Right. So injuries are like for sure uh, a concern, but... I mean, with how successful this offense is and will be, most likely, I mean, he is going to be uh, efficient. I don't think you go back to the Connor that you saw um, two years ago, where he's getting twenty five tar or twenty five carries. I think you're, they're going to get back around to that, like seventeen, eighteen, you know, like sixteen range. But he he's going to catch, you know, five six balls. I'm I'm good with that if he can get twelve rushes, but get the six, seven targets he's been getting yeah. and get goal line work, I'm yeah, I mean count the, me in. Yeah, I think I think that in. helps him. Going back to your point, I mean he's had injury concerns in the past. Limit him a little bit, that that could help him maybe stay healthy for the whole year. Yeah, and, and if he does, and like you said, if he if he does get that like, you know, twelve to fifteen carry game and, and he's still catching as many balls, I mean, he's that year that he uh, two years ago that he played, he he could find the zone. I mean yeah. he doesn't struggle. He you know, he's good at finding the red the red zone and, and he's good there. Um, but they did draft a rookie in McFarland this year. 
I, I've I've said it repeatedly a bunch of times. I'm just I do not want to take any chances on any rookies this year with this COVID going on. And, and you know, Connor has battle injuries, but Jalen Samuels had also um, showed some sparks. And then they also drafted Benny Snell last year. And Snell actually got the carries. And I've read some stuff in camp saying that Snell's actually looked pretty good. So I've heard he's their clear number two right now. Yeah, like and that's what I when I looked up on the depth chart that they have Snell at two, they and they have Samuels at three and McFarlane at four. They have a bunch of running backs and, and they loaded up in that backfield. And if Connor does go down, um, like you said, Snell is going to be the guy, but that's going to be your your you know your your first two down back because I think Jalen Samuels is, is probably the better receiver and and maybe McFarlane finds a role then. But I'm not drafting McFarland. I'm not even drafting him, and like as a as a sleeper anywhere late. Like I wouldn't even get in the 16th round. But I think it's a um, Snell is a guy that you you you'd actually want to take a look at maybe in in the later rounds as a, as a handcuff to Connor because he he has battle injuries. But I think it'd be really hard to judge if. Um, if Snell and Samuels could be fantasy relevant, even if they were to split the time between the two, if Connors went down, if Connors the number one, I like him. I want to pick him up. I want to play him. But if he does go down, I don't think Snell is just a clear cut, going to hop in there, take over that role, and be what Connor is. I think there's going to be a lot more Jalen Samuels. So I don't really, I really don't want to have, like, I don't really want these guys on my team other than Connor. Yeah, I, I, we kind of got a glimpse of how they would split the work up last year when Connor went down. And although I don't really care about the stats last year, just the way they used them, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Like I said, they early down work, and then they split it with third down work. It just was, it was a mess. Um, Snell's upside would be the touchdowns if he did come in, like yeah, you know, for sure. a big back. You know, but I, I just, I, I like drafting handcuffs. And Connor's has, he's the biggest injury concern as anyone in the draft. He's probably the biggest injury boomer bust guy in the draft this year. Um, but I I wouldn't want to take any of these guys as a handcuff. McFarland is interesting to me later in the season if Connor goes down. I'll just say that. Hey, some <clears throat> irrelevant but breaking news. Um, I know we talked spoke about this a little bit earlier, but after the shooting of Jacob Blake, the Washington football team will postpone FedEx field scrimmage on Thursday. I know that's not huge news in the NFL, but I mean that is a postpone of this week. So yeah, that's that's interesting. I I don't think they end up. Uh, boycotting any NFL games, but it's definitely d- something to to keep an eye on as we get just another thing to keep an eye on that could <laughs> cancel the season this uh, year. You heard it here first, FFRP, fake football, real people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm honestly on the same page with the running backs, but uh, um, another two-headed monster, I wouldn't say monster, but 200 field over there. You got Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. What do you think about the tight ends over there, Roy? Yeah, looking at um, some ADP, Things it's uh I do like the addition of Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh, and honestly he may be one of the better receiving tight ends that Ben's had since what Heath Miller I know I know Heath that was a while back but I know Heath was a big part of what they did because it does seem like forever ago man but I know Big Ben used to lead pretty heavily on Heath Miller uh he who wasn't a huge fantasy asset but he was a very good real tight end and he did have some fantasy value yeah back with the, um, back with the steel curtain that was nice that way back yeah the still, yeah but but the thing is right now uh i've seen adps all over the place for ebron um a, a good average for him has been about 146 
which uh, if you're looking at some of them, you're seeing Hooper, Hawkinson, uh, guys like Gasecki, and, and and then there's still guys behind them like uh, John o. Smith, Chris Herndon, uh, Blake Jarwin. So it, it's tough. Which I think whenever I look at him, over him with their upside, but I'm just being honest. I, I, yeah. I think so too, man. Jack Doyle's there, Dallas Goddard. You know, it, it's. I, I think I'm taking those guys over Ebron. Uh, you know, he had that 2018 where he went for 750 and 13 touchdowns with Andrew Luck which was by far his best season. We saw what he's capable of doing. We saw his ceiling, you know, that was uh, the most targets he's ever received. Um, but, you know, before he was in that pass-heavy offense in Detroit, and the best he put up was 711 yards and five touchdowns, and that was not in the same season. So I I'm interested to see how much they can go to him there. Um uh, but you look at some of the receiving options, and I have seen some, some good things of some of the names coming out. Um, I think Big Ben could go to him, and I'm excited to see what Big Ben's going to give. It's going to be a huge boost of energy. You know, I, I think Ebron, he may be one of those late flyers as a backup tight end, but I really I really think whenever you look at it, you're, you're probably getting a guy that you don't draft but possibly pick up on, on waivers if he does something early in the season. I agree with you, Roy. Just to kind of, I guess the only question for me is: is he basically just a a tight end? I mean, a, a touchdown dependent boomer bust guy week in week out for you? Yeah, for me, you hit it right on the nail, man. Uh, I think if you're going to see any value come out of Eric Ebron this year, it's going to be with the touchdowns. Uh, I'm not saying it has to be that 13 touchdown number he put up in 2018, but if he's not putting up somewhere between eight to ten at, at least, you know, eight to ten in that area, then I, I think the value for him is just non-existent with some of the other guys. In He's going to have that one or two two touchdown game. People are going to be like, oh, I'm on Eric Ebron and, and pick him up and wave a wire or want to trade for him and then not have it again. So I'm not a major fan. Yeah, I, I will say, though, I mean, as in DFS, um, he could be a, a nice cheap guy that has that touchdown upside just randomly, you know, I mean, not – not really counting on it, just ho hope, hoping that he gets you two touchdowns one week. I, yeah. I think he could be that type of player. Valid point. Be interested to see what can happen with Ebron, but the so he's talked about that two-header monster. Um, <laughs> I was I was joking. If that's a two-header monster, then I'm a professional fucking football player. You might be. <laughs> I sit gold on the weekends, boy. Um, that, 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 that's called mud bucket. Hey, no, but 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 on a real I note, I'm gold these days. Didn't <laughs> gold these days. No, when you when you're talking real football, though, I actually I don't disagree with you. So at least I really do like Vance McDonald as a real football player. I think he's a really good real football player. But um, for us, unfortunately, we're talking fake football, and this is real people here. So I don't see much out of Vance McDonald. I think his ADP is is all over the place, but it's somewhere 250 plus. I saw high 264. The the or I, I say high as in the best you can get you would get him. The the lowest at 285. I mean, I just it, to me he's not a fantasy relevant guy. He's a guy that may put up a random week here and there. But you know, if you were gonna target any Pittsburgh tight ends, you're gonna go for Eric Ebron. Just just a yes or no. Could he be a top 20, 15 to 20 option if Ebron was to get hurt. I, I 
like what the man can do. I've seen him do. I mean, we all saw the stiff arm where he put somebody in a body bag <laughs> two years ago. But I just don't know how much they're gonna lean on him, man. I, I mean, if it's tw- if it's top twenty, it's twenty. I don't I don't see him as a guy that you find value in. I mean, you have to be in a very deep league, maybe a fourteen team league. Like I, I'm. I don't see him in a 10-12 to 12 league offering any fantasy value at all. I got you. Let's go ahead and switch over to Cincinnati. Uh, last year was their first year under new head coach Zach Taylor. Uh, it was a good year. I mean, it wasn't a good year for him, but it, it, it looked like it was a um, has showed some promise as a good fantasy football offense. I'll say that. Um, they threw the ball a lot. They were six in passing attempts last year, um, which was, I believe, 38 per game. Um yeah, just overall, it's going to be a pass-first team. They're going to do the same thing that they did last year. This is what Taylor likes to do. He likes to throw the ball around a lot, likes to spread it around. Um, let's just go ahead and, and talk about the the big addition, the number one pick in the draft um, this year. I didn't know we were calling him this, but right here in our notes, it's Joe Exotic Burrow, spelled Burrow spelled incorrectly. Pence, talk to me about Joe Exotic. Go Tigers. Go, go, go Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. Go Tigers. Uh, Burrow is, man, I'm excited for Burrow. And if, if you guys don't know this about me, but uh, I'm I'm all about watching the QB. I love QB. That's like my – Oh, we know that about you. Like, they, you guys do, but the, 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 the listeners don't he, know. Um, he couldn't play it, so he figured he'd just watch it. <laughs> yeah. Became a really good fan of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Um, it's. I, I'm sorry. That to was, be, that uh, was um, Joe Burrow. I, li- I I was saying earlier. I like to analyze quarterbacks. It's probably the position that I pay t- attention to the most, and probably the one that I'm the most knowledgeable on. Um, but I, I'm super excited for Joe Burrow. Um, he's probably one of the more talented guys I've seen come out of college since I started watching football. I mean, there's been some guys, but th- this is this guy can be it. Uh, and he actually comes into, and a lot of quarterbacks don't get this luxury, but he actually comes into a good set of weapons as rookie. I mean, you got A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Uh, they drafted T. Higgins. And then they also have a fantastic running back uh, in Mixon. So, I mean, in the, their offensive line had been struggling with uh, injuries, like, year after year. But uh, they're really hoping to, to kind of avoid that this year, bringing in this new rookie QB. But like Sam said earlier, they, they threw the ball over 600 times. Even with a rookie, I don't see that changing. Uh, he's going to throw the ball 600 times, and he was the most efficient QB in college history pretty much <laughs> last season. Uh, I mean, he he's I, – I don't really don't see his consistency or his accuracy dropping that much. He already showed, like, a huge amount of anticipation. Uh, he moves well in the pocket. I can – and I have this written down – I'm not calling – I mean, Sam agrees. I don't know how the other guys feel. I I could see him possibly dipping close to, like, the top 10 QBs with his efficiency. And if they do stick to that 600 uh, attempts, I mean, he could really end in the top 10 around that 10 area as a rookie QB. And the only reason that I think he can get up there, A, like you said, he's going to throw the ball a lot. But the biggest reason is he's going to add a little bit with his legs. He's going to run the ball a little bit. People don't realize that. Um I know we've we've talked about it, and um, who who is your comp? Who's your comp for him as far as NFL quarterbacks goes? I'll give you is, two. I'll give you two. Okay, I I know you, I know you, one's you gonna guys, be your boy. You guys Romo. you guys know the Romo. I mean he he sh- one of the other the reason why the Romo thing is Romo did move well in the pocket, bro, and they had this crazy 
pocket presence. They literally know what's coming at all times, and they're slippery. Both guys are slippery. Joe Burrow is a surprisingly better athlete than people uh, realize, but he also, another guy that I'll compare him to is um, Aaron Rodgers. He has that, like, the swagger, the finesse. And Aaron Rodgers is actually a pretty good runner in, in, in and out of the pocket, too, and I, I kind of see that in his game. That That's what I compare his running ability to is yeah. Rodgers. And if you remember, Rodgers early on in his career, especially in the fourth quarter, he, he would was, win games he, like that. He would win. He would rip <laughs> off 20, 25 yard naked bootlegs, on, and and I think Burrow has that same capability. I don't think he's gonna be. He's not gonna be a Kyler or a Lamar. But can you add 25, 30 yards rushing in a game? Yes, yeah. very easily, and that will that adds up over the course of the he, season. He, he'll get close. I'm not gonna say exactly, but it'll be around that Dak Prescott running area. You know, they'll think, get. That I think it's I three think or four hundred yards yeah, total on the year. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's more efficient that way. I, you know, he he outsmarts the defense on where to go with the ball. Even if that means uses legs. Yeah, I mean he he he's honestly there's not a weak part in his game. I mean everybody was like talking about you know maybe his arm strength wasn't all there, but if you're getting the ball out on time, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, you don't know what the other guys felt like on him. I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about him getting into that ten range yet. He he's growing on me. Don't get me wrong, but one of the biggest faults I heard was, is you know he had a really good talented crew around him and at LSU. Well, he does it in the Bengals as well. <laughs> so yeah, like, exactly. If we're talking about falling off on talent, I don't think you can say that. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he comes into a fantastic cast. Yeah, so I, I, he's growing on me. Let's go ahead and talk about that cast, Vince. Um, I mean, Tyler Boyd's been their, really the number one receiver the last two years. Uh, he's been, and it's really because he's been healthy and no one else has. Um, he was He finished as wide receiver 18 last year and then wide receiver 17 the year before. Now a lot of that was with AJ Green missing time, but I will say he was he's been a better fantasy performer when AJ Green's on the field with him. It, it, the numbers just go up as far as efficiency, yards per catch, all that good stuff. So I don't think uh, AJ Green being back this year hurts his value any. I actually like him to finish in that low twenties range probably at the end of the year. I think he's one of the safer options once you get outside Perfect the top wide receiver 20. too. Perfect, Perfect wide and receiver a, and too. amazing wide receiver yeah. three. He's yeah. going to be so consistent week to week. He's going to play in the slot. Um, you know, I I just I really like Boyd this year. I think he's a great pick. It's it's kind of interesting. Boyd and AJ Green are going back to back in drafts as far as ADP. For me, it it just depends on how my drafts going. Is it the same answer for y'all as far as who's y'all taking, or do y'all have a clear cut answer? It's not as clear cut to me, honestly, either. I'm kind of with how, how how the world is going on them both. I uh, I really think that, like, I have them back-to-back, actually, now that I'm looking at it. I think A.J. Green has more of a boom, but also more of a bust, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, A.J. Green right. can come back and be fucking filthy. Boyd, while is very good, you know, I don't know. Do uh, you feel that way as well? Like, I, I agree with you. I, that's what I'm saying. The boom or bust is just higher with. Right. And I didn't really expand upon that, but. If I've taken a, a safer approach and I've gotten picks that I, I yeah. feel really comfortable with early in the draft and didn't didn't take as many chances, I'm taking AJ Green in that spot and playing yeah. for the, the boomer bus upside. I mean, this guy is an, was an elite option at the wide receiver position for years, and he, he's he's playing for a new contract. He has the rookie quarterback coming in, who has, I mean, Pence that besides the capability and stuff, deep. Deep ball accuracy has to be deep Burrow's ball accuracy. best I mean, that, trait. That right? was when I in college. I was like when I watched his game. The number like that was the biggest thing that I've noticed. Like deep balls. 
I mean, receivers are never missing a step. I mean, you're talking about over the shoulder, stride for stride. I mean, just bread baskets. Bread baskets. So you so take a, a healthy AJ Green and put him with that deep ball accuracy. Yeah. That it could be scary now. Yeah, I mean, I, I have AJ Green at at one spot above Tyler Boyd. I actually have him back to back also, but I, I have I agree with Tyler. I mean, the upside for AJ is probably higher, but if you really need a consistent receiver, you're not feeling great, like you said. Tyler Boyd's probably your better option, as in consistency, because you look back at that LSU offense. Joe Burrow liked Justin Jefferson. Jeff- Justin Jefferson was a slot player. Yeah, and Tyler Bo- Chase. <laughs> right, but, but I mean Chase was. He was, he was on a different level. Yeah. He was probably the best wide receiver in football, in college football last year. He was just stupid. Yeah, but you, and I'm just like, and Tyler Boyd's going to be in that slot. I mean, Burrow is, is you know, if you like that position, you don't usually like stray away from it because when you're good with the slots is usually like how you see the field anyways. So the more consistent route, like you said, you, didn't ha- you don't feel too good about your, uh, rece- your receiving core. Take Boyd. If you've got two really nice receivers that you're just so confident in, take the upside and A.J. Green because he is going to score more touchdowns than Boyd. Yeah, and the, I mean, the ceiling as far as targets is like 160. I mean, he could get yeah. – if, if, if A.J.'s healthy and he's playing a lot, I mean, they, they could limit his snaps with him coming off the injury, but he's going to want to play a lot. This is his last chance to get a big contract. If he stays healthy, I think he actually puts up good numbers. Let's briefly run through these other receivers. I don't think any of them have standalone value going into the draft. Um, but if one of these guys goes down, are you looking to pick up John Ross? I mean, he was a, a hot waiver wire ad at the beginning of last year, if you remember. Oh, yeah, actually, I added him. And he actually <laughs> played pretty well last year. It was, it was, it was a good year for him, I, I would say, after being a disappointment. Uh, but is it maybe is it T. Higgins? Um, who they added in the second round this year, or maybe even Auden Tate. Does any of those guys interest you if one of these guys goes down? Yeah. <sighs> if AJ goes down, I mean, I, I think it's somebody that you could t- possibly look. Last year, um, AJ Green wasn't in the picture. Tyler Boyd saw 137 targets. And then next in line was Auden Tate, who saw, I think it was 80. So, I mean, if AJ Green goes down, I mean, I see Tyler Boyd's targets being way up there again. Um, you could see... These one of these other guys possibly get some value if AJ was to go down, but I really don't. I can't put a, a number on it. I mean, Auden Tate they said's been having like an amazing camp, but John Ross is obviously the more talented guy. But you don't draft T Higgins in the first round and not think that he's something. So I really can't give you a, a, a right the right answer. But if I had to say one, I would probably. I'd probably take Ross. I mean, Ross is the more talented guy than Tate, so I think if I don't think Tate starts over him, but and I think the other reason why I didn't pick T Higgins is because of the whole rookie thing. In yeah, COVID, and I agree. So it's the, the good thing is, is I don't think we have to make a decision now. If one of those guys goes down, we'll have plenty of time to talk about them as waiver wire ads, and hopefully this will you know clear up a little bit as we get into the season. One quick question I have for you, Pence. You know. If we're talking about a keeper league or a dynasty league and some of the deeper ones, if AJ's not there next year, is I mean, is T. Higgins the guy that you're really looking for next year as far as taking the next step and maybe being Burrow's number one receiver option out there? I mean, yeah. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, because, I mean, there's already been a little, like, I've heard, like, a little talk around that the team would would, would be, like, would take a trade for uh, John Ross. I think that they're kind of, right. I mean, unless he just has, like, an bl- explosive year this year. But yeah, I mean, T. Higgins kind of fits 
um, that vertical threat down mm-hmm. the field, get o- get up, Go catch up the ball. Yeah, big was, body. I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he in college. I mean, he was. You throw a ball in his direction. I mean, he, he's going to body you. He's going to get yeah. better position than you. I mean, he he's a baller. So yeah, I mean, in deeper leagues, dynasty. Um, if AJ Green gets hurt or doesn't have a year, and they're not going to sign him to this ex- like extension contract, which me personally, I think even if AJ Green was to go off this year, I do not think they're going to pay him. Yeah, it's not it's not really in their it's not where their team's at to pay a thirty two year old AJ thirty Green, yeah. uh, unless you just unless he wants to be there and you just want to have a good receiver to grow with Burrow as he develops. I'm good with that, but I I don't. Think He's going to want big money if he has a good year. Though. That's exactly. The thing. If he has a big year, I don't I don't think there's any chance in hell that they resign him. Yeah. I think they're moving on. Let Let's go ahead and just talk about Joe Mixon. I mean, he's been a very consistent back as far as where he's finished. Um, what is this, his fourth year now, Solis, in the league? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, so he's been he's been consistent. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't ever really targeted him, but this year I, I think I like his outlook uh, more so than I have in the past. I mean, how do you, how do you feel uh, his outlook is going into the year, Solis? Yeah, I'm big on him. I had Joe Mixon last year. I've always been a fan of his running style. Very uh, burst out of holes. It's, it's it's awesome to watch. Right now, he's my RB seven. Might be higher than most. I don't really know, but I have him as RB seven. His ADP is ten. I'm, I have him at nine overall. Um, he did play sixteen games last year. Uh, first full season. Um, even though it was back to back thousand yard seasons plus five touchdowns and no fumbles, which is a very impressive stat. Um, he had 278 carries last year, quite a bit. His his touchdowns do need to increase to hit that RB7 spot. Um, but look at this. Um, it, last year, he finished at RB13. Uh, but uh, in the first eight games, he was RB31. Finished as RB4 over the final eight games. We expect their offense to be better. Um, so, I mean, I, I could, it, there's no reason to believe he can't be a top 10 running back. Um, overall, his, his O-line improved. There's lack of competition. I mean, Giovanni Bernard is, is not competition here. Um, new flashy QB like we spoke about. I'm high on him. Yeah, and that, I mean, I the site that I subscribe to says the Bengals have the easiest run schedule. Uh, we looked at the schedule ourselves, Solis, and and I don't I don't think it ends up being the the easiest schedule. I think it's probably middle of the tier, but it's it's an easier schedule than what he's had in the past, which is something I I do like going into the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I do I do agree with you. I. I like you said, I'm high on him this year. You said you had him at RB seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's way up. That's up that's, there. That's higher than I have him. I have him. I have Mixon at thirteen, right around that uh, Aaron Jones range. Just as as far as tight ends, guys, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and kind of wrap this up here. It looks like Drew Sample and uh, CJ. I don't know. how you say his last name. I don't know you, it. I don't do it. Use him. Use Whatever the hell his name is. He's been there a while. He hasn't really done anything. He's had some had some ch- had some chances. Um, Drew Sample is a young guy, not drafting any of these guys. I don't think they fit well into this spread scheme. But as always, it's a pass first offense. They throw a lot, so hey, I'll keep my eye on them. If I see one of them get quite a few targets and and is playing the majority of the snaps, maybe we'll talk about them as a early waiver wire ad. But not much to say here. Uh, let's let's just talk about kind of our top ten rankings at each position. Who wants to get us started? I mean, let's let's go ahead and talk about quarterbacks first to, to, to jump it off. I'll get us started on the QBs. I'm going to give you guys my top ten rankings this year. And um, so at one, I think it's pretty obvious I'm going with Mahomes. Uh, number two, I actually am 
I have it ranked as Lamar at two. Uh, well, even I, though, I was, I even was about <laughs> to dog you. <laughs> I, I have I, so it's Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and then at three, I actually have Dak at three over Russell Wilson. So then it's Dak, uh, Russell Wilson at four, um, Deshaun Watson at five. Then I'm going to follow up with my boy Matty Ice at six. I got a little higher than probably a couple of you guys. And then Kyler Murray at seven. Carson Wentz at eight. And then old man Brady. Tom Brady in the house at nine. And then I actually have my top ten uh, finished out with Josh Allen. I like it. Nice list. Kind is of it, does any of those guys, uh, I'll ask, is any of those just like surprise the hell out of you guys? No, I have the same top ten in my top ten. Just a little bit different order. Ky- Kyler is um, – it's a little lower than I was expecting from you. I know you you um, like the offense overall, and I, I thought he'd be a little. High. I mean, he well, he finished like I think quarterback eight last year, and that wasn't wasn't the greatest rookie year. They had Hopkins. Yeah. I was a little surprised to see you have um, Kyler as low as you do, but I think the guys you have in front of them are all in that same range as far as or as far as the same tier, I guess. So yeah, I mean it, Kyler and Matt Ryan. I think I had at the beginning. I had. Murray before and I think I actually had Murray in my tier one at like that five range also with Deshaun I had those I've been flipping them back and forth but uh the more I look at Atlanta's offense the more I just get more excited I mean you know they bring Gurley in that's just more passes for Matt Ryan and and he's you know you know he's a good quarterback so I'm I'm not um I'll, I'll just I mean Breeze at 11 and then I have Aaron Rodgers at 12 and then Roethlisberger Stafford I have Matt Ryan out of my top 10 Instead of I breeze at nine and Matt Ryan at eleven. That's fine. I th- I think I don't. I, there's nothing to really nitpick with the list. All these guys are good. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm sure they're right in the same tier for you. So you could tomorrow you could get a little news that you like and you may flip Kyler yeah. up to five. You yeah, know, it's exactly. just kind of the way it works. But <laughs> exactly. I I like the list overall. Let's go ahead and talk about the running backs. Uh, let's get it. Um, I have Christian McCaffrey going number one overall. He is my keeper in one of my leagues this year. Very hyped for that to happen. Wow. You're, you're taking McCaffrey number one overall. <laughs> He's my keeper. <laughs> but he, I do believe he is the number one running back. Um, I have Saquon followed shortly behind him. Um, then I have Alvin Kamara and then Zeke to round out my top four guys. Um, I have Derrick Henry at five. Clyde Edward Hilaire at six. I do have Joe Mixon at seven. Uh, another point, rookie quarterback. They kind of lean on veteran running backs at times. I mean, come on. He's going to be there. I have Dalvin Cook at eight. Recent small news. Uh, I, I'm not. I just. I've heard from different sources. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. As far as the the Dalvin talk, I mean, the contract is a little bit of a of an issue. Um, as it, it sounded like they were close to a contract. Now they're not. So that's a little concerning. Uh, to see how it plays out for me, the injury concern is very big. And I, I know I talked to you about Dalvin I, early on. I had him as my fifth overall player, but with those two concerns. Uh, I mean, the the guy. It's you're nitpicking here, so I agree with you. I, I like the move down my board or down your board, and I I will be the same way yeah. as far as my draft. He said board. I moved him down to eight recently, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. As that I mean, the talent's there. If he if he's healthy, he's gonna be great. But like the move. Yep. So that's my eighth pick or my eighth running back. Um, then at nine, I have Miles Sanders. Let's go, go Birds. Uh, and ten, Kenyon Drake. Great list. Not not much to argue with there, Garrett. Do you wanna? Talk about your tight ends. One minute. I know Pence has something to say on the Zeke and Kamara. I just, I think, <laughs> I think Kamara is going to go off, man. You know, honestly, uh, our, our lists I, I really think, aren't that far. I think I, Zeke is right there with him. Yeah, I don't think our lists are that far off. Did you have, I, I might have missed that. Did you have Clyde in there? 
Six. Okay, six. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I'm sorry. I, there's no reason. Yeah, uh, uh, my list. I think uh, we all we have the same other than Mixon, and then obviously mine is just a tiny bit different order. But yeah, I mean, I agree with everybody. So we'll go into the tight ends. I got George Kittle number one overall, um, over my boy Travis Kelsey, but for obvious reasons. I think Kittle's just for obvious reasons. Yeah, I I, I just think Kittle's the go-to guy out there. He's their number one target. Yeah. I don't know if it's obvious, but <laughs> I don't know. They're feeling it. Gut feeling. That, I like yeah, that. I just I like if, 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 if I mean I'm not a I'm not a first round tight end guy, but if if Kittle's there in the second round, I, I I'm getting him. I'm I want him. Um, so then Travis Kelsey, still really high on Zach Ertz. I think I think that guy's still their number one out there until some they get somebody established and for the, at least the first six seven games. What do you say? Six for Alshon? Yeah. Um, and then I have Mark Andrews behind Zach Ertz. Got Darren Waller. I think both of those guys speak numbers for themselves. Mark Andrews, I didn't know about the 40-snap ordeal um, until you were talking about it. That was just him being banged up last year. It's yeah. not something that, you know, that wasn't because of the offense or because people around him. And another thing to mention, they lost Hayden Hurst, so yeah. he, he should – even play even more. Yeah. He should at 60, like Sam mentioned. So then Darren Waller at five. Um, and then I go Evan Ingram at six, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, and I got Hayden Hurst at nine, and I got Hunter Hendry at 10. I like it. I mean, do y'all. Oh, I, I was mean, waiting for six? somebody to say, I can't so, believe you got Hunter So Gronk's Henry. out of your top 10. I, I'm not a big fan of Gronk. Okay. Gronk's out. He's uh, 15 for me. Ooh. He's down. Yeah. He is my number 10. Hey, I got Blake I, way, Jarwin over too. Rob. I, I have Kittle as number one tied in also. I wasn't disagreeing. I was just saying I don't think it's that obvious that the differences uh, are. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they're both. They're uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are definitely, uh, yeah, as as one Sam one was one saying, one. When, when you have league-winning lineups, it's star-studded, and, and those are one of the guys that's going to be on the team for maybe the winner of your league this year. I have one guy in the top 10 that you didn't, and that's Jonu. Jonu Smith I actually have at 10. Really? Yeah. I, that's that's high, but I'm I'm gonna be. He's gonna. I haven't completed my tight end rankings, but I he will be my in my top fourteen for sure. Probably top twelve. I, I'm I'm really bullish on what Jonu can do this he's year. He's my twelve, but he's he's one of my favorites. It's not that far from ten. I guess you're right. Yeah, far at all. I I will say I I, I think. Jared See, Cook, I'm down on Higby. Same and Jared Cook. The, the, I'm definitely, I'm definitely way off on Jared Cook. Yeah, I'll have yeah. Jared Cook. Like, he's, Cook's twenty for me. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's gonna be way down there. Oh, he's thirteen um, for me, but still, just, that's not in the it's top. Touchdown dependent. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling it with Cook this year. Yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. Let's just go ahead and talk about the receivers. All right. So I mean, as far as receivers go, I have Mike Thomas number one. I just, I mean, maybe someone finishes there, but there's really no reason to not have him there at number one. Um. Devonta Adams, number two, just kind of a lost season last year, but I think he gets right back to what he's been doing. Julio at three, uh, but this the three through kind of eight range is where it starts to get a little interesting for me. They get kind of bunched up. I got Julio at three. I got Tyreek at four. I actually have Godwin at five and Mike Evans at six, which is probably going to be way higher than most people. I, I, I actually see him outside some people's top ten. He's I just, my six. I'm really high on, on Mike this year. I love the reports coming out of camp. Um, so I'm, I'm good with Mike. I have Hopkins here at seven, which is going to be lower, um, than consensus. I just not, not all, all over Hopkins, uh, this year, but you get into the second. I'd love to take him there. Galladay at eight for me. 
Another big surprise for a lot of people will be I have Thielen here at nine. I just I think a huge year is coming for Thielen. No offenses. Me and Pence have argued about it, but I'm I'm all in on Thielen this year. And I have Odell at ten. Another one of I have Pence's Thielen players. at seventeen. Oh no, hey. we're we, I have him at thirteen. Twenty seven. Oh, you're done. 20, yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I cut, love cut some that. I, I just don't think I'm gonna touch him. Like I don't I'm not gonna be able to get him, so it's like I'm just putting him down there and wait. <laughs> yeah, okay. If if he happens <laughs> to make it like but round four. The the wide receiver position is a little deep, so I'm gonna just give you some other guys that are kinda in consideration facts, there if facts. you if Evans I, I'll or Thielen. <laughs> um I mean Allen Robinson's been I was wondering yeah, I, I thought he was gonna dip into your ten. He, he's eleven. He's eleven. He's eleven. Me. He's literally eleven on mine. But, but you were been. You've been. I've been very high on him, high and high I, I had to move him down. Foles is winning the camp right now by inches, That's which which scares <laughs> me. Which scares fair, me. Oh, fair point. Fair which point. scares me. But I I like Allen. Uh, it's just it's a it's a really bad offense, and I, I like guys in a little bit better offenses. Uh, but I mean, he's gonna get a lot of targets, and then uh, kind of rounding out my top fifteen, I got Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. Who could very easily go up to number eight or nine? I mean, he's right there with all these guys. Uh, Juju and then DK actually is my number fifteen player, which is I'm really high on DK. All right, that's a wrap today. Thanks everybody for joining and listening in on Fake Football, Real People, AFC North, Episode Six. Uh, we're getting along there. Really looking forward to the next few. Uh, we'll be back um, if you will follow um, Fake Football, Real People on Twitter at ffrp underscore podcast again that is ffrp underscore podcast look forward to the next one thanks guys